What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Footen. And I'm Corey Janabakian. And this is Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Beer up. Welcome back, guys. We are going to be talking the most ridiculous episode to date. <laughs> we decided late one night, one evening, to list our top 10 favorite cards to play. I only have nine. That are also bad. You're going to need to suit up with a 10th by the time this episode's <laughs> over. Uh, we've got some beers we wanted to drink. We wanted to get in another episode, and we thought, what could we do that we've wanted to do for a while that's fun, that's also potentially entertaining we all know that we've got pet cards some of those pet cards are really good we like them because we win a lot with them some of our pet cards are just fun to put on the battlefield yes real bad (laughs) there's a couple on here that Corey reminded me of that are definitely just exactly that pet cards that are not great our our bar for this episode we kind of decided before the show is scrambleverse and warp world like yep that level of shenanigan badness. Yeah, it can be good. Maybe it turns out good. But for the most part, it's not particularly good. It's just like, hey, I played the card. I did something. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it, at least I on my Norin list. Norn like, fits this list too, huh? Yeah, Norn would. Yeah, most of the cards on my list are cards that I've played with and that are not actively working to win me the game. <laughs> I will say that much. <laughs> a lot of these are, you're going to find, are somewhat older. Because they stem back to the days in which competition was the least of our worries. (laughs) And we were playing specifically for fun and for that. For fun and for flavor. Shit, I found factor. And then some of them are just downright bad. (laughs) Just bad. The thing is, though, is that like looking through all of the cards in in the history of magic, (laughs) like literally just like scrolling through every single card that I saw that was bad, I was like, ah, but if you, you know, like do this or you do that, like you could totally make it work. And so you can make any card playable. You put it in a deck, you have lands, that card's playable. You that can't doesn't play the card. Yeah. <laughs> Technically <laughs> playable. Yeah. Doesn't make it actually playable. So Gary, why don't you start us off with the beers we're drinking tonight? So the first one I've got in front of me is this juicy IPA from Squatters. That's a local guy. Uh, and it's 5% ABV, 20 IBUs. So for an IPA, this is a pretty low bitter content beer, which we can kind of expect in the juicies and the hazy. So yeah, so I, I was to looking for the I, or the IBUs for this one, and I had to do go through a lot of back websites to try and find it because not even on their on Squatters website they had the IBUs. no Squatters is actually pretty bad about listing yeah, IBUs I was for their pretty beers. disappointed. Yeah, it's a little bit annoying, but eh. does it? He seemed like a 20 IBU. He just blanked for a while while tasting that one. Yeah, I blacked out. Um, It does actually taste like a a 20 IBU, but I will say that it's very much like the leafy hop bitter, and it does linger a little bit, but it's got like a nice wheat back end kind of thing that sticks along with it too. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's not super fruity, but it is kind of tangy. Yeah, the juiciness definitely comes through because it is a super mellow IPA. You get some of that hop flavor a little bit of citrus, and then it does just sort of meld into just a nice light wheat beer lager kind of sessionable ale. Uh, I will say it's it's a sessionable IPA. It's not really too strong. 
but it wasn't quite as mellow as what Founders All Day IPA that we had on the Theros episode? Yeah, I think it was Theros. the Theros. It was that session IPA. Yeah, recording things, maybe a little out of order, just trying to get things out in time. So the one I'm rocking with is the Firestone Walker Brewing Company Easy Jack IPA. For some reason, I think this is going to be another sessionable IPA. Yeah, I hope so. But this one says beer before glory, which I think is a good motto to have, especially in magic. Do you think we should adopt that as our slogan as well? Get tattoos of it? Yeah. So this one is definitely a lot more of a traditional IPA as compared to a juicy IPA. Go figure. It's incredibly mellow and chill like we thought. It's very hop forward at the beginning and then it just smooths out immediately. And then you get a little bitterness on the very tail end just lingering. Yeah, that one's a lot more zingy. It has a distinctly different mouthfeel and the front end is all leafy hop kind of, you know, the first half second is just sort of that the fresh bitter from hops and then the back end is sort of the oily stick of the kind of bitters you get. Um, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. But that one has no no trace of like the juicy tart kind of yeah, it's fruity stuff. It's kind of flat. Yeah. In a, in a way, not referencing carbonation. <laughs> I was going to say there's plenty of carbonation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is fresh. Yeah. I think that this one falls on the realm of IPAs that have that kind of like piney, juniper kind of like sappy bitterness to it. Yeah, that, like that resinous. That's what yeah. I was talking about. Not oily, but resinous kind of but thing. But when you say oily... Like the way that it kind of like sticks to your tongue and just yeah. kind of like hangs on for a while kind of yeah. is reminiscent of something that is oily. Just kind of like coats and just yeah, stays. Yeah, it's kind of thick, but not like thick at the same time. I don't really know. It's okay. It's another pretty easy drink in IPAs. Yeah. We've think, had a lot of those lately. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think in Utah especially, they've tried to make uh, sessionable IPAs just for like the common person, especially with like... Utah changing their uh, their laws with uh, in regards to alcohol because a 5% IPA is something that can have a lot more flavor. Like trying to dumb down an IPA to 4%, 3.2, whatever, makes for a horrible beer. Yeah. Like IPAs are generally stronger. Yeah, and that, I guess that's a good point because I forgot to say that it, it is a 4% beer with 45 IBUs. So it is pretty low on both scales. So that might account for just the lack of flavor or the, the weirdness. It could literally have been watered down. Yeah. yeah. But you do, uh, like, compare the two IPAs that we've got here. Yeah. And one has that kind of distinct bitterness, whereas the other one does not. And the one that has that has 25 more IBUs. We are setting a trend here in that me and Corey have some light, easy-sipping IPA ales over here. Whereas I... I've beer that we've been sitting on for a long time. And a very large boy. Tar. <laughs> tar. Tar in a cup. Describe this as such. So what I got here is the Dragon's Milk. This is a bourbon barrel-aged stout. This one is from New Holland. Corey's rocking the 4%. I'm rocking 5%. Drew over here. 11. The, 11 more than percent. ours combined. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so New Holland Brewing has this one. And they describe it as roasted, malty, smooth. Proudly brewed in Holland, Michigan. 
So not particularly uh, creative with it, but straight to the point. On the nose, it smells super fucking delicious. Like the smell on this one reminds me of the Goose Island Bourbon Candy Grand Stat, which is like one of the biggest compliments I could pay yeah, to a, a beer. Yeah, that's a good sign. Like it is beautifully aged and you can smell kind of like the, the wood and the bourbon on it at the same time. It's just like all of those perfect round uh, stout characteristics. And this one was worth the wait. This is, it. it is very reminiscent of Goose Islands, but it doesn't have quite as many flavors going on and it's not quite as uh, complex. But at the same time, all of the flavors that it does, it, it's doing very well. Like it does have a really rich, roasted, malty flavor. It's super smooth. You can barely taste the alcohol, even though it is 11%. And that's incredible. Uh, as far as just like the overall body to it, it primarily is malty, but you do get something on the back end. <laughs> if we only had video set up, <laughs> we're getting there, but Just not take quite. a sip and it is powerful. Corey's face. Yeah. Especially coming off this IPA. Oh, yeah. It smells, you can smell the alcohol. Yeah, more than you can taste it. And then there's a lot of chocolate aromas. But like Drew was saying, the taste, you can't taste any alcohol. It's just malty, sweet, goodness, all these rich notes. Yeah, and with the the alcohol, there is like, it's kind of like that uh, alcohol vapor after you swallow that kind of like lingers on your tongue. Super mild, though. Yeah, that's the only inclination that you'd have that this is, you know, 11%. Uh, if I were to like yeah, try and relate really it to good. like the imperial stouts that we've had, this is like taking the Goose Island and then watering it down with uh, Old Rasputin. <laughs> okay, I could see that. Yeah, like <laughs> all I smell is chocolate and alcohol. Yeah, totally, totally that chocolate malt kind of smell. And then when it hits your tongue, there's a little ting of alcohol, but very, very subtle. And then to me. It's got a little bit of those coffee type bitters and then a whole bunch of that dark chocolate bitter Yeah, with, like you said, that round malt that you expect from a stout. It's really sweet. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's more like a, a bittersweet chocolate than it is like a proper bitter chocolate. Yeah. Like yeah. the sweetness on that definitely comes through a lot more than what the bitterness does. Yeah, and like you said... Oh, sorry, Corey, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think they do a really good balance between all the yeah. different flavors. I just think that... It's a bourbon barrel aged stout, and I'm not getting any. Oh, really? I get it kind of like on the sides of my. my yeah, I don't tongue. get any wood from it either. Yeah, and like the the first smell that I had was definitely like super, uh, like cask woody kind of. Yeah, I guess like, I it's almost like get... Scotch reminiscent. Yeah, I didn't get any like, of that. Uh, no, I didn't either. Or a bourbon, as it, as it were. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah, that kind of like on the the sides of my tongue is where I like taste the the bourbon and taste the the wood. All um, right, so we basically have made an excuse of an episode to try and get this beer because I really just wanted to get to it. And so Gary came up with this. So it only seems fitting for you to start us off. So my first card that was the one, I mean, this was one that's been in my mind for like time eternal. So this is like, okay, on on a scale of like one to 10 for for your bad cards, like where is this at? Or is this like, is this the, the best worst card? As in like the most playable of the cards no. or is it just no <laughs> it's just the one that i have no. thought of the longest so it was the first on my list okay uh especially in edh this card is not good it kept him up at night <laughs> but because it is what it is i just want to play it all the time it's a little card called dash hopes it's black black for an instant when you play dash hopes any player may pay five life if a player does counter dash hopes 
counter target spell. <laughs> Basically, I have this card in on my list because it's just one of those things where people will be like, what the fuck is that? A black counter spell. You know what I mean? It's one of those kind of... And they'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll pay five I'll life. Pay five <laughs> life. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, so it's not good, but it's just one of those, ha I did have an answer kind of cards. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at this as like <laughs> two mana, deal five damage to someone yeah. in black. It's not bad. Or it's, you know, two mana counter spell. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's not even a deal five damage because if a person has hexproof, they choose to pay that five life. So <laughs> this is your choice. This is your choice. <laughs> this is, I'm I mean, not doing this. Yeah. Four of these in a deck. That's a clock. That's true. That, and, and it's obviously way worse in Commander because Man. nobody gives a fuck. Her on pay five life. Get out of here. <laughs> Wastes your mana. And it's any player too. Just like, yo, know, can you, you help me just out? Like, <laughs> just, like your life you game deck. Just, like, I have 200 life. Okay. Yeah. So that was my uh, number one. Just like, oh, I could play it and just see how people are. And it's fine. Corey, how do you rate it? Uh, it's bad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> I like it though. Man. All right, Corey. So my first card is actually a good card, but every time I play it, it always doesn't do anything. And so that's why I put it on this list. So this one is Thematic Compass. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's a two drop artifact. You can pay three and tap it and search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. And then at the beginning of your end sip, if you have control seven or more lands, transform Thematic Compass. And it transforms into Spires of Araska, which is you can tap it for a colorless uh, mana, or you can tap it, untap target attacking creature and opponent controls and remove it from combat. So it's a build your own Maze of it. Yeah. But I just think that it's just so slow and it only gets basic lands and it's just disappointing every time I use it. I try and use it in lands matter decks and it just <laughs> doesn't do so anything. Good. Yeah. It's always one of those cards where I put in, it's like, oh, this is going to be sweet. I'm going to do it. And I cut it every time, or I use it, and it doesn't do anything. And the, the fact is, is that, that when uh, this, with, even when this goes off and it becomes Maze of Ith, you then have to have creatures attacking. Yeah, have one that actually matters for you to like. Like Maze of Ith is great in a one v one, but like in Commander, especially like that's, I mean, it can be incredible. But when it's not, it's such a bad land. Yeah, and at least you can Maze of Ith your own creatures. You can't do this on your own creatures. True. And I just think that the fact that it isn't a May trigger. You have to transform it. Just, you can't keep getting lands out. You have to make it into a Maze of Ith. Yeah, true. I just think it, it's always disappointing. And I know it's not a bad card, but I think it's bad. I don't like it. Fair enough. Okay, Drew, what you got? So first one is one that you guys are going to recognize. Uh, maybe indirectly here on the podcast. We've talked about these before in general, and I just couldn't not put them on the list. And that was Curses, because Ooh, Curses yeah. are so bad. <laughs> uh, the one I put on here just as an example is Curse of Opulence. So it's just a red mana for an enchantment, Aura Curse, Enchant Player. Whenever Enchant Player is attacked, create a colorless artifact token named Gold. It has sacrificed this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. So essentially, when you put that on, if they get attacked, you get the benefit, and so does the person attacking them. So there are many curses in Magic, like, ugh, uh, too many. Yeah, I think the Curse of Opulence is actually one of the better ones. It is, and that's why I put it on there, so that if you are going to use a curse, <laughs> use this one. <laughs> this is the best of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, there's some so many bad ones. Yeah. Like, I just don't think they're worth it. I agree. All right, Gary. Next. Uh, my number two card, also a pip-dense black card. 
and again, this is one of those ones that, in theory, is a good card. Uh, it's Pox. It's black, black, black for a sorcery. But it's one of those good cards that's also just <laughs> shitty for everybody. I would argue that this is a very good card. <laughs> Each player loses a third of his or her life, then discards a third of his or her cards, then sacrifices a third of his or her creatures, then sacrifices a third of the lands he or she controls. God damn. Round up each time. <laughs> so obviously if you build around this, which you are building around this, if you're playing this card. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, you you can do some things that are it. great. But it's just one of those ones that, especially when you're new to the game, you're like, why would I <laughs> ever do that? Uh, Pox is just cool, dude. That's one of those, here we go, pal. <laughs> My dad's brewing up a Mogus deck, and I told him, I was like, if you don't play a Pox, That's so I'll never gross. talk to you again. Yeah. I do love Pox, though, <laughs> because it's like the the it's times so thematic, that you too. get like the big hits is just so good. Like it one hurts. person only has one. Yeah. A third rounded up is just one. <laughs> like it feels so good. <laughs> and like, yeah, you're like, you know, dropping a bunch of your lands or whatever, but like, you don't care. Like, nah. you just pox somebody. <laughs> Poxed a bunch of yeah. people. <laughs> and that's exactly why it's on the list, because it's a meme, and I yeah. like that. I mean, I, I would say it's not even a meme. I like the card. I, it is, it's definitely one of the more playable cards. All right, Corey, next on your list, I see an old favorite. <laughs> an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> the wish is hard. <laughs> so this is Colossus of Akros. <laughs> An eight drop artifact creature golem 1010 with defender and indestructible. It has <laughs> monstrosity 10. So for 10 mana, you can put 10 counters on it. And if it isn't monstrous, it becomes monstrous. And then as long as Colossus of Akros is monstrous, it has trample and can attack as though it didn't have defender. So for 18 mana, you get a <laughs> 2020 20. indestructible trample guy. <laughs> And so I used to have a really bad modern deck that was built around walls. This is way before Arcades came out, and you could actually make walls viable in EDH. And you played that. I played this. Our like six player multiplayer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and so, so I could reliably like, attack get, me, boys. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, this was a thing that like killed us many times because it was like as soon as it came out, it's just like, well, we we can't do anything. Destructible or indestructible, and just you know, giant power and toughness. So it's like not nothing, nothing was blocking. Yeah, because like. we, we never played removal. And so I, I would just sat behind my walls until I got enough mana <laughs> to get these out and then start making them monstrous and then just start trampling everybody. Yeah, I just remember the game that you actually got two out and like you had enough mana to make the first one mon monstrous and we were just like, well... GG boys, rip this game. And then you played another one. And everyone's just like, why? Just kill us. <laughs> Complete set. Yeah, I had Axbane Guardian, which taps to add mana equal to the number of defenders you have. So you can get out of hand real yeah, fast. And it's like Wild Blossoms and things. Like, yeah, just, like, just you know, keep it going. Value. It was pretty fun. But this card, ooh, I don't know. Eight mana, 10, 10, seems dope. Eight mana, 10, 10 that doesn't do anything, less dope. <laughs> 18 mana, 2020, with trample. <laughs> Where there's and a will, there's a way, <laughs> exactly. baby. Yeah. Uh, we just got that new uh, Nyx Bloom tender, whatever the fuck that guy is. Tapple for trip. Oh, the <laughs> tapping for triple the mana. True, true. Maybe he's uh, viable again. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He'll nope. ever be viable. Nope. nope. Drew, what's your number two and a half? Uh, I don't know if it's number two, but I figured I'd kind of keep on theme with cards that you want to be good and you're going to try and play, 
but they're just not worth it. Uh, these are the traps. So these are instants that have... Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you've activated my trap card. Uh, these are cards that have a specific clause to them uh, that allows you to cast them for a different cost. Um, they're, <laughs> they're rough. So first one I have here is... <laughs> this one's so good. <laughs> is summoning trap. So four green green, instant trap. If a creature spell you cast this turn was countered by a spell or ability an opponent controlled, you may pay zero rather than pay... Summoning traps and cost. So pay zero instead of six. Awesome. And the ability is look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield with the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Hey, they countered that spell that you wanted. You might get something now instead. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, you get you get to choose at least, right? <laughs> yeah, Assuming true. there's anything worth it. <laughs> yeah. This card I tried yeah, but playing. But I cast a hydroid graces <laughs> for six. Yeah. I tried playing. And it was, honestly, our group just didn't play enough counter spells yeah. to the matter. And I was just like, I was really like keen. Like as soon as one person tries to counter my shit, it's like, boom, just bust that out. And they're like, trap. Yeah, not the, so good. The, the other one on here. Oh, this, this one. trap card technically could have a high ceiling. Oh, yeah, this like, one. Only I think these ceilings. are like fringe CEDH playable. Yeah. yeah. Other than that. Ooh. Yeah, this one. Uh, this is I, your bait card for Sean's wizard deck. Like, <laughs> that's all. You're like, are you ready to go? Can yeah. I go now? Because this one, I actually had played against me, and then I tried to play it, and it, it did not go as well. Just for, in your hand yeah. forever. Yeah. So this one is Mindbreak Trap. It's two blue blue for an instant trap. If an opponent casts three or more spells this turn, you may pay zero rather than pay Mindbreak Trap's mana cost. And the effect on it is exile any number of target spells. So. I had this played against me when I was playing my Storm deck on Mitko, and it felt super bad because uh, I just got into, into the habit of, like, not trying to let my spells resolve and then just, like, playing a bunch of them and then playing, you know, the big uh, Storm card because usually doesn't care about anything besides just playing the cards. And so it's like if you can chain enough cards, you let the, the ones that give you mana resolve and then you just play the rest of them, and then anything that you need to actually resolve is fine. You let it resolve, you draw cards, whatever. And so I had way too many cards on the stack. Played, uh, I think it was probably Grape Shot, and it was just like, awesome, I win. And then they played this, and I was like, who the fuck plays this card? <laughs> Why is this in your deck? I was so <laughs> mad. I was just like, what the fuck? Because, like, game one was just, like, steamrolled. Like, I just absolutely just went off on, like, turn two or three, something like that, and just... Did, did the storm thing, right? Like, I've and got then, a sideboard and, for it. Yeah. Somebody had a sideboard for fucking storm. Dude, that's like, why this card is so cool, I think, because oh. it's exactly that. Nine times out of ten, it's just this dead card. You're like, why did I do this? But then somebody's like baiting you in. You're like, oh, that's two. The third. Here we go. But that's the thing, though, right? Is that, like, you don't, like, three, like, that's fine. But you need to make sure that there's, like, a, a threshold that they reach of, like, cards that are, are spells that are still on the stack yeah. that, that you can like play and like you know demolish it. and they knew what you know I was playing I think it was just red blue and so like they knew what my uh, my finisher was and it was just like all they had to do is just wait for it and realistically it's like if I let those other spells resolve then I have you know more cards in hand that I can like play around it and nope just like got, I, got I, yeah it's just like I activated win activated his yeah. trap card it's like <laughs> yeah it was great and then it was not so my third card, I'm, I'm going to stop with the pip dense black cards. No, you ain't. After <laughs> this one. Uh, it's called Gate to Phyrexia, and it's a black black for an enchantment. 
and it's so fucking dumb. I'm on board already. My dad had multiple copies of this in his 150 plus card decks <laughs> back in the day because they used to play all the Megrim and Bottomless Pit stuff, right? So it reads, oh, God. sacrifice a creature, destroy target <laughs> artifact, activate this ability only during your upkeep and only once per turn. <laughs> yeah. So like I got to this like, sac- was like awesome. I have a free sack outlet. It's double black. That's totally fine. I'm on board. It's an enchantment. Destroy target artifact. Hell yeah. Black does not know how to destroy artifacts. And I'm like, I'm still on board. I mean, it's still, I think, could be played, but it's one of those ones where sometimes you just nab a soul ring. <laughs> and you're like, well, I guess this is all this card is going to do all game. But like the way I see this is I like, guess it is a free sack outlet. I'll give it that. Right. But it has to target an artifact. Right. Yeah. So, so there yeah. has to be legal targets for it. Yeah. But this one, I see this as like, don't look at it as like activability only during your upkeep and only once each turn. I read this as just like on your upkeep, sacrifice a creature, destroy a target. <laughs> like, yeah, you, because like, if you, if you kind of like reframe the wording in your head <laughs> to make it better, <laughs> like that's what I'm doing right now. I'm like, yeah, this is totally playable. I like the flavor text. The warm rain of grease on my face immediately made it clear I'd entered Phyrexia. This episode oh, this hurts. already where I wanted it to be, you guys. This is our best. This is the best Wait, stuff. Our prime. All right. Uh, is this where we tease our gonna, potential Patreon-only content? We're just going to ignore Gary for a minute. And we're going to jump back over to Corey. What's it? What's maybe not number three, but what's what's the third uh, so one? So my next to us? card is called Permeating Mass. Yeah. So this is another card that I love to play, and it's a. 1-3 for a green. It's a spirit creature. Whenever permeating mass deals combat damage to a creature, that creature becomes a copy of permeating mass. And so you just have it as a blocker, and when, whenever you block, you permeating mass dies, but their thing becomes permeating mass, so it just keeps the loop kind of going. At least that was the dream that I always had, because what this meant is that nobody would attack you, and then Everyone would wait until they could kill you because nobody wanted to get their stuff turned into permeating masses. And so I always had this dream of getting everybody to have permeating masses, just making more permeating masses. And it never happened. Yeah, it this turns is out like just another letdown. Yeah, you don't really know how to handle it because like it's like, oh, do you attack and make them like try and have to block? And no one's ever gonna block. Nah, unless you put like lure on it or something yeah. like that. And then it's like they see that you have it, so it's like Mm, I'm not going to attack you until like I can just kill you. Exactly, yeah. So that's, it completely backfired every time. It's a lot like a, a death touch creature, but with way more flavor. But yeah, it's just a weird, <laughs> weird card. I, like yeah. I wish it was like an ooze or an elemental or yeah, something. The first time I read it, I thought that it was a, a misprint and that the card that you had was permeating moss. Because like, oh, that that's so cool. Yeah. It's so flavorful. And then it's this weird spirit thing. But also one mana for one three. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's not. It's it's got a good body. It's got some good text. I like it. It just never did anything. Never what you want at all. At least when we played it, it might have been good in standard and stuff. I don't know. I do like flavor text on this one as well. Woodland guys concluded that Emrakul would be unable to warp the denizens of the forest if the guys got there first. If everyone's permitting mess, mm-hmm. you got no worries. All right, next one I got is one that like I feel like it's very me. Uh, it's called Enduring Ideal. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah. Good God. Gary, and reading this card for the first time. Yeah, dude, I was like, oh, oh that's a pretty good card. Yes. It's kind of heavily costed, but that's pretty good. And then, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like Corey's probably the only person who I've 
played this card around. <laughs> this is a, a dumb, yeah. dumb card. <laughs> All right, so it's five white, white. So I used to play way too much white. Uh, and I thought that, you know, like, obviously free is great. And life gain was like the best thing. And I loved enchantments. So I was like, man, what if I can just, you know, always just get my enchantments? And I saw this card and I was like, awesome. It's a sorcery. Search your library for an enchantment card and put it into play, then shuffle your library. Great. It's a tutor. You got to put that in Seven mana, free. it's a little heavy, yeah. but... Uh... Uh, then it also has epic. For the rest of the game, you can't play spells at the beginning <laughs> of each of your upkeeps. Copy this spell except for its epic ability. So every turn, you just go get an enchantment. I did not make good enchantment <laughs> decks at the beginning because I didn't really put in a good way to win. <laughs> so I had a bunch of enchantments and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be able to tutor these, I better go for like, you know, variety. I get to pick the ones that I, that I want. You know, it's just like... My shit has hex proof, you know, like uh, everything is taxed and like all that. And it's just like, I still just have no way to win. It was rough. It was rough. This card is so dumb. I love it. <clears throat> I told you I was not going to do black heavy pip dense card. Oh, don't worry. I'll do that next. This next one is colorless, completely colorless. Mm. So awesome. Five mana for an artifact called Door to Nothingness. Door to, uh, uh, door to nothingness enters the battlefield tapped and for Wooberg Wooberg <laughs> 10 mana f- two of each color and a tap sacrifice door to nothingness target player loses the game <laughs> baby. the dream is real uh, I've never in my life seen anybody win with this card I have seen it played twice though and we're all like cool I dude. know what the target is <laughs> yeah. yeah what I want to do is I want to play this and like Ask the table, like, who's the biggest threat? And then they're going to be like, you. And you're like, yeah, all right. And then just, like, walk out. And just like, <laughs> I, will, I lose the game. I will. Bye-bye. Walk through the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, Done. Yeah, this is just one of those cards that I think can be a lit- not a trap as in the type, but a trap to, you know, newer players that are like, oh, my God, you lose the game. Yeah. And then you realize how unbelievably hard it is to get that much mana in those colors. Once again, flavor text on point. Only yes. a madman could create such a door. Only an imbecile would open it. <laughs> dun, dun. Now, Corey, this is the next card of yours. It's another good one, right? I think we could guess the color if we had to. Oh, yeah. This and the uh, analogs around the name. this card yeah. are very, like, you, you just want them to be good. Yeah, so this is a card I actually play in a lot of decks. It's by force. It's X How much? and a red. And it's just... It's a sorcery, and it just says destroy X target artifacts. So it doesn't sound like the worst card. It doesn't sound like a good card because Vandal Blast exists, which I also run. But I just think this is sort of an alternative to Vandal Blast because for five mana, I can usually blow up the four heavy threats on the field. But every time, it's just... Never feels good. Yeah, and I just, I just always want this card to be so much better, but obviously it's not. So I think it just, it deserves a spot on this list because I still play it, but I just think it's not very good. Yeah, uh, or not just comparing like one to one to Vandal Blast. Yeah, I play Vandal Blast in my Storm deck because playing it for one, yeah, still does something. Exactly. Yeah, you can't even play this for one. So I don't know. There's not a lot to say. It's an okay card. It's definitely not the worst, but. I think it's just a, a huge disappointment. I'm just sad. <laughs> the rest of these are like amusing. That one's just like <laughs> that one's just like I an want, actual. Yeah, yeah, I want card. it to be good, but it's just not. <laughs> Don't worry, I got my next one's fun. Although to be fair, the one I got here 
it feels kind of similar. Like there's there's the time and place for this card, and it's very obvious when that time is. But I just wish that this card had it was just a little bit different, you know. And so the one I got here is Death Pit Offering. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, I think I know this card. Let me read it. Hold on. <laughs> okay. So the one reason why this was immediately on my list was because it was like a, an awesome black card that I could only find in white border. And I fucking hate white borders. <laughs> nice. Uh, eighth edition. Classic. Uh, sorry, sixth edition was the classic. So we've got Death Pit Offering, two black black enchantment. When Death Pit Offering enters the battlefield, sacrifice all creatures you control. Wow. Tight. Free sack outlet. It's <laughs> uh, not free. I paid four mana for that. I mean, you have to pay mana... To invest in any sack outlet. But you only get to sacrifice one time. But it is all of them. <laughs> so there's I want that. repeatable and free. <laughs> no, that uh, is not what you get. Yeah. So but it you also get has some. Yeah, it's better than that, right? So it also has creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Damn, son. So all them creatures you got. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> getting plus two, plus two on a single enchantment is kind of a big deal. That's good. It's a shame that you sacrifice all your creatures. You gotta get rid of your board and then rebuild it. <laughs> or just hope not to play any creatures until after you've played. Which is the strategy, right? Like, right. That's, the, that's the plan. But it's like, oh, fuck, I gotta put creatures down or I'm gonna die. Sometimes you don't want to wait till turn four to have a creature. <laughs> yeah, this was one that, like, I really, really, really wanted to put in Daxos. And, like, I probably have multiple copies from just, like, buying from shops. But, like, I'm gonna do it. And then it's like, right, the problem with Daxos <laughs> is that if Daxos dies... The whole strategy <laughs> falls apart. And this makes me sacrifice him, even if he's protected. You need, Bummer. What's the... The, the angel? Uh, no. The new card from the new commander set, the split second one, that switches the ownership of target spell and target creature. Oh, oh yeah. Sudden, like, sudden substitution. Yeah. And just like do some weird shenanigans <laughs> with this card. That's the kind of moves you got to make to make these cards good. Uh, if you guys don't mind, Money moves. based on that idea, I'd like to just, you know, jump forward with my next one. Let's do it. So my next it's one not on the list here. is a combination. Combo. Uh, again, I'm kind of, you know, cheating here with top 10 by putting in multiples, but you'll understand when I got them in here. So this is one that I've actually talked about on the podcast. This is Hell Harmless yeah. here Offering. We go. So Harmless Offering is two in a red. Target opponent gains control of target permanent control. What a nice sorcery. It is so yeah. kind. Uh, but really, what we want to talk about is Demonic Pact. Demonic Pact is a two black black enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one that hasn't been chosen yet. Demonic Pact deals four damage to target creature or player, and you gain four life. Sorry. Not bad. Hell yeah. Target opponent discards two cards. Love Hell it. yeah. Great. Draw two cards. The best one yet. Fuck yeah. You lose the game. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so this card, people see the build around and think, uh, myself included, oh shit, we about to whoop some ass. This is the coolest. I've never, ever seen anybody win with, with these. And there are so many good builds. Go online, look on YouTube, and type in the demonic packed decks that try to do this. <laughs> They kill themselves so often. Oh, it's <laughs> so, I mean, high risk, high reward. Yeah. Uh, I believe that because it was in Origin, because it was in uh, Eldritch Moon, it was together for like just a split second in Standard. Uh, I tried to play this in Modern. Turns out, one, it's really, really slow. Uh, two, there's this color 
It's called Blue. I don't know if either of you heard of it. It's kind of a, an elite tier. Like the you gotta, Boogeyman. You got to like step up to that. Uh, they have this thing called Counterspells. Again, you wouldn't have heard of it. Uh, I play Red. And yeah. <laughs> no, you, you got some. Uh, yeah, it turns out if they counter Harmless Offering, well, there's only one mode left on Demonic Pack you <laughs> Which got. is the move. Yeah. You use oh, yeah. three modes yeah, and you, give it away. You deal damage, draw some cards, do some cool stuff, and then you give it away. Yeah. And... Super or obvious. sacrifice it. That's when you activate the trap card <laughs> and exile the ah! counter spell. Yeah. Also blue. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Well, that's when you. What is it? Dash their hopes. Yeah. Baby. Get them to and pay life, but then you life. still lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever won with it, but like I've tr- I've played both Pioneer. cards Pioneer. in the same same uh, like game many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. All right, moving on to my fifth and final oh, card. I, th- I figured we're just going to go reverse order now. Oh, let's do it. What's your five? Yours isn't on the list either. Oh, Corey, no. <laughs> when you get that kind of reaction, you're on a good track for this episode. I told you my next one was going to be a fun one. Yeah. So this card's also good, but it's it's good for everyone in a, in a you-might-lose-the-game-because-of-it way. <laughs> so it is Mass Hysteria. It's one red for an enchantment. All creatures have haste. Oh, That's it. It's just everybody's, let's go. It's go time. Everybody's making money moves, doing crazy stuff. Everyone's playing red now. Turns out, though, when you have your underpowered, super excitable red cards going up against them fat, fat 6688 green cards, this is spooky. <laughs> yeah. Green, blue, black, there, white. There's a reason they Angels. give haste to powered down creatures and not these super awesome creatures because it would make them broken. And so when you add haste onto everything, it just spices <laughs> Everybody up. I do like it though. Oh yeah, this I play this in my Cranko deck, flavor. just so you can have a hasty Cranko. Yeah, but a good. lot of the the hope is that you kill everybody before they before can out haste stuff. you. Yeah, well, in Cranko you have a good chance of doing. Yeah, it. and so it, I think it's just high risk, high reward. I, I don't know if it's a bad card, but I think it's it backfires a lot of the time. Certainly fits the list here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my. Fifth card on the list is an enchantment. It's called Aether Rift. It's one red green. At the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card at random from your hand. Love that. If you discard a creature card this way, put that card into play. Unless a player pays five life. Uh, It's not particularly bad, because certainly you could have some good plays with this card. Uh, It could also just be a forced discard outlet in Gruel. Which is not really where I want to be. Exactly what Gruel wants. Uh, This is one of those ones that, uh, first of all, I like playing specifically because of the border. When I am checking out my parents' UG, I mean, I can't even call them modern decks. I don't know what they were. They were just gigantoid decks. They were OG vintage decks, OG vintage decks. I believe the correct term, the politically correct term. It's kitchen table garbage. <laughs> kitchen table garbage. But there's just so many of these ugly, nasty, what they used to use for like the, legendary. The border yeah, cards. the gold, green, yeah, nasty. Awesome. Yeah, they're just so cool. That's why I like playing them. Yeah. Uh, it's not a particularly bad card, but it's not really a good card in most circumstances. Uh, play Rootwalla. Or what, yep. a Basking Rootwalla? Yeah, Basking Rootwalla. Yeah, F-U man. <laughs> yeah, it's got Madness of Zero, so... I like the art. It's like a, the art a frog sweet. and then a goat in a thunderstorm on fire. It's a minotaur or a dude with a goat mask. It's One like Zedru. Well, I feel like that's a, a good start here. We're halfway through. Whoa! Nice. 
One yeah, I did. Uh, let's get back and review the back half of these beers. Have they changed? Have they developed more? Uh, what are you feeling, Gary? The back nine. The back wash. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, I don't think it's changed a whole lot. It does still have that very, very like, I mean, without being cheap, juicy kind of uh, texture to it. It feels like it's got some citrus. It looks a little hazy. This is the Squatter's Juicy IPA. Uh, local brewery. I'm I'm a fan of this one. Honestly, this one, especially real cold, uh, hits that, scratches that kind of like fresh itch that you probably want from an IPA if you're that kind of person, like the cleansing itch without it being extremely bitter, without it lasting a long time. And it's just fruity and... I appreciate this way more yeah. after it's been like sitting and warmed up a bit because this is significantly better. The, the flavors really come out a lot more. It is more... Juicy, that flavor, fruity kind of profile that you get off of those hops. Heart, in a way. And like the like malt body is way more developed now than it was before, which I really appreciate as well. The smell, it smells about the same, but it's still, it's still nice. And having like that stark comparison versus the beer that I'm drinking was... Yeah, I think this, after it's been sitting and developed, I think it rises to the level of Squatter's other IPAs and their double IPAs because those are really, really well-developed IPAs. And so this one, I think like you guys are saying, it just, it hits the marks that you expect and what you want in a juicy slash hazy IPA. And, and not in a predictable generic way. It's just solid and really good. Yeah, correct. A plus. Okay, so I, I a, had a the Easy Jack IPA. IPA plus, motherfucker. Um, this one. I, you ain't gotta be so aggressive. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I think this one has gotten, it's about the same as it was. I think the Squatters IPA developed a lot more than this one did as it sat. I think this one stayed about the level of IPA that it was for better or for worse. I think it's a solid IPA, but it's not doing anything too crazy. It's really sessionable, easy to drink, mild hoppiness, but. I think that's kind of where that one is at. It's not like middle of the road per se. But it's just, it's not impressive in any way. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Hasn't really changed at all between first taste and now. Yeah, I think this one, it's a good IPA, and it hangs a little longer than juicy, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of still of the middle of the line. It's not super aggressive like a double or a triple. Yeah, it, it's it's not offensive. All right, now we got the mother's, or the dragon's milk. The mother's milk is a different beer. Trying to give Corey a nice slow pour to it. Like the slow nose, motion. it's still like... It's still so chocolatey. It's so good. It's just so like malty and delicious. And the actual flavors kind of, I haven't really like developed too much, but certain parts of it come out more to me now. Like the alcohol flavor is more apparent to me now and the bourbon flavor as well uh, isn't as strong. Like that kind of woody taste that I was getting at the beginning is kind of like died and gone away a little bit. It's a little sad, but it's still... A very good beer. Yeah, the the bourbon still isn't coming through, but maybe it's because my taste buds have just been racked over these IPAs. I might just be hiding in there. Yeah, I just I just smell that alcohol and then chocolate. Yeah, but that malty just sweetness is still there and it's still so damn good. Yeah, I mean this is kind of an unfair episode to these <laughs> other these other beers we've got because they are good. And they're not this beer. <laughs> All right, so moving back to these disgustingly mediocre cards and sometimes we enjoy bad. playing oh we're uh, getting into the bad ones so i'm switching up the colors for this back half 
of my list. Honestly, I thought you would, would go with the uh, the old uh, green maze, not the the mana maze. No, we're going with the blue. One and a blue for an enchantment. This card sucks. Players can't play spells that share a color with the spell last played this turn. Uh, it's not technically good. I mean, you could probably make it good. Uh, but it's just one of those dumb lock-me-down cards <laughs> that you just play in those ugly... I mean, it's in my Augustine deck. You know what I mean? Like, it's Ugh. just gross. I thought we like, agreed that you were not making that deck. We did not agree <laughs> that. In fact, it was gifted to me for Christmas. <laughs> Sean. Sean's Christmas <laughs> gift to me was G-Arbiter. I don't know if that's a good brotherly thing or uh, an evil brotherly thing. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those cards that, like... Like you two both just exclaimed, is a oh god damn it kind of card. You play it and everybody goes, you "It's a grown douche." Yeah, and I like it. Yeah, it's very much like the Eidolon of rhetoric, rule of law. Basically, if you're a monocolored deck, you get to play one spell each of your turns. The art's sick. Oh, it's is this a Rebecca Gay? Yeah, oh for sure. So my card, another card that I play. And spoiler alert, it's a red card. <laughs> it's Keldon Firebombers. See, what I love about these, though, is that, like, you and I have played ours, but yours are all, like, cards that you've played a lot. Mine is, like, I've tried to play, like, once or twice, and I'm like, no, I'm out. And you're like, I'm going to keep playing it. <laughs> I love playing this shit. <laughs> so it's three and a red, or three red red for a 3-3 three, three creature soldier. Okay, five mana for a 3-3. Three, three. No worries. <laughs> Uh, Pretty when, good rate for red. When Keldon Firebomber comes into play, each player sacrifices all lands he or she controls except for three. Sweet. <laughs> so yeah. you play this with a lot of mana rocks and or the uh, rituals or something like that? Yeah, so I play this in my Ilharg deck where you can, the whole point of it is to cheat stuff out. And so True. once you get Ilharg, you don't really need lands. And so... Lands are for chumps. I make everyone go down to three so that they don't have as much advantage on me because I can only cheat one thing into play and stuff like that. But the problem is that people don't like sacrificing their lands. True. And so everyone comes after you. This is just like playing any land destruction. Everyone hates it. Everyone will come after you. I still play it. It's bad, but it, I still like it. Honestly, I'm just glad that this is the only land destruction we have on this list. So far. <laughs> but I think Pastor. I think this would be a lot better in, in like an artifact-based deck yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. If I'm going to make an enemy and I get with one three person, three. not with the whole table. See, that's why you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you can't take on the whole table, your deck isn't good. I disagree. <laughs> so red of you. <laughs> All right. So the real one on my list is a land that I don't know why I like ever. I know why. I want to play it, and it's because it makes tokens, specifically soldier tokens. Hey. So back when we had our jank modern decks, there was a deck that I loved to play, and it was an upgraded version of the dual decks that had Elspeth in it. So Elspeth, obviously, you know, one of my favorite characters, Magic. Uh, the deck was, you know, a bunch of tokens, just a bunch of jank soldiers, and it was fine. And then I upgraded it and actually became one of the better decks in our playgroup just because it was just so perfectly synergistic. It was Every, fast. Yeah, everything in it cared about soldiers and what was going on. So Buffed it just always was good. Like even when you had a bad hand, like you could still go off with it. Um, so Kildoran Outpost reads, when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice the planes or sacrifice Kildoran Outpost. So if there's one thing White is really bad about, 
It's getting land. We're just going to toss it in the van. It's important. Hey, it doesn't come into play tapped, though. No. So there is that. Yeah, you can actually, like, use the planes, sacrifice it, and then do the thing. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's just funny because, like, you sacrifice planes or it, and then it is a planes essentially on its own without the land type. But it also has one and white tap. Create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. So if you count actually using Keldor and Outpost as, you know, like colored land that you're using with this, you would be three cards or three lands down just to make a 1-1 one, <laughs> one soldier. And Hell like, yeah. Sometimes you don't have, you know, much to do. And, that, you know, that's fine. Like at least you, you did something within your rotation. But sometimes you're spending three mana on a fucking soldier token. It's a 1-1. One, one. All right. I finally got a red card in here, guys. My <clears throat> man. I didn't know you played red. You don't play red. I don't play red. I don't particularly uh, like this card. But it is one of those cards that I've seen, oh, that could be cool. And then <laughs> just it just never is cool. <laughs> uh, it's Bomb Squad. Oh, I figured it's going to be like the, what is it, the Goblin Balloon Brigade? <laughs> also oh, solid. <laughs> stupid. There's another goblin wagon or something like that. It's terrible. Goblin games up yeah. there. Uh, three and a red for a 1-1 one, one creature dwarf. I'm already sewing. Yeah, tap, tribal. Four tap for and one, put one. a fuse counter on target creature. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a fuse counter on each creature with fuse counter. <laughs> hey, we're going off. Whenever a creature has four or more fuse counters on it, remove all fuse counters from it and destroy it. That creature deals four damage. To its controller. This would be a fun build around. See, it seems like it's one so of those slow. things that's it's so, so slow fun, and shit. But it's a fucking one one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it man. costs four mana and you invest all this time trying to give people counters and then they just kill it at the end and you go, damn it. <laughs> so there are like weird decks that will use anything that puts a counter on it and then just proliferate. This is one of those cards. It's like those niche cards. Fuse counters. Like it's so (laughs) bizarre and weird, and you would never see it coming. And then it's just like, wait, he's gonna just—he's actually gonna get this (laughs) off. You win. Yeah. You want it to be good, but it's just yeah. If this was an an enchantment or something, (laughs) four mana to kill one thing (laughs) and deal four damage. True. True. We'll see. You can tap it each turn to put a fuse counter and then just wait another three turns for that one to to die. So you're putting fuse counters on new creatures each turn. You just have to wait another three before they go. So it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Still going to vote for proliferate. Yep. Uh, But I see the next card that was just inserted on our master (laughs) list here. He he had that on the list before you. I was going to say, that's probably the first card that hit another all-star. This is one that I was going to put on my list, but I knew that there's no way you didn't exactly. have it on yours. So we've <laughs> talked about this before. It's confusion in the ranks. Shit. Three or a red for an enchantment. Whenever an artifact, creature, or enchantment comes into play, its controller chooses target permanent. Another player controls that shares a type with it. Exchange control of those permanents. So this is one of those cards that actively hurts you because you cause headaches and pit the whole game table against you <laughs> yeah if i see confusion the no one out, likes it my number one goal is to kill you immediately yeah. and not even because it beats you but because it's so stupid <laughs> exactly it's because <laughs> i just want to play magic <laughs> like the most annoying part about confusion in the ranks and i i've probably said this like four or five times on this podcast i think every time we bring it up you tell this <laughs> it's an enchantment and i'm an enchantment player and it doesn't matter if i swap my enchantment for his confusion ranks it still does the same shit <laughs> so i have to play two enchantments just to get the shit that I want. Every single time you have to play the one you want, 
give that away just so you can play another. Yeah, so no matter what grudges anybody had during the whole game, everyone targets you <laughs> Man. until you're dead or Confusion Ranks is done. And then they'll target you with all the random stuff that they have and they acquired and stole from other people. Yeah, you could have like thrown caltrops on the stairs as I was going <laughs> up them. And then somebody plays Confusion and Ranks and it's like, yo, you and me are good. Let's kill this guy. <laughs> so next one I have is one that uh, people have on like their bad cards. And it's because there's a, a bit of chaos. And that's the reason why I've got this one now is because we have all of the red going on here. Yeah, I think, you know, it's yeah. nice to, to throw this on here. Uh, so it's called Goblin Lore. It's one in red for sorcery. Draw four cards. That's great. Red does not draw. And for two mana? Mono red card draw. Then discard three cards at random. No. See, if it was discard card three cards, I'd be in. Oh, yeah. And, it's oh, always God. this random you're, shit. You're up That'd one be, on that, too. Like, red doesn't do that. looting times two. Kind of, yeah. Kind I mean, like, it's... Esque. Yeah. Esque, yeah. Two, two mana. Draw four. That's... Power nine. Yeah, that I mean, like <laughs> literally, like every blue player is just like you know they gotta they gotta change their underwear right now. Like <laughs> I don't know, I just, I love this card. Uh, the problem that I always have with it is that it costs two mana instead of one, which I know it's just like <laughs> like wow, you're fucking greedy. But it's just ah, uh, if it was one one red, then every single storm deck that I've played with would just slot this in. Like you don't even care. Like the yeah. fact that you're drawing four, like the the density of good cards in your deck is so high that. Like, discarding three at random, like, doesn't really bother you that much. Like, having that extra just, you know, one red mana to draw a card. A lot of the the spells that you're playing that allow you to continue to chain your storm generate red mana. And so having that, like, really just fuels you. So just one red to draw an extra card, like, just one red cantrip is fantastic. And if you were able to interact with your graveyard at all, then who then cares that you just better. threw stuff in there? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, 10 out of 10 on that. But... Jeez, you're not throwing <laughs> away the best stuff every single time. You're like, oh, I'm going to play Goblin. Oh, I need to make sure I play something else beforehand. I need to uh, play the good thing that I actually want, yeah. and then I'll play this. <laughs> a lot of time you just wait so long on that, that the good thing that you wanted to play before playing it, like, doesn't even matter anymore. And so it's one of those cards where you want it to be good. <laughs> and, like, sometimes it's exceptional. Well, and you try to hold your hand for some of the garbage that you want to discard, and then you discard three cards you just drew and go fuck yeah. still have <laughs> shitty cards and i lost three well the, yeah. Was, yeah the i think the the worst play i've had on this one was i was like okay awesome just need to you know like get through and i was getting mana flooded and i was just like this is awful like something like this is exactly like perfect for that because i could discard all the lands ended up drawing only think, only gas <laughs> no i had like i think it was two gas cards that were just like I don't know, they're just like, I was playing mono red, so it was probably just like good creatures. And then uh, two more mountains. And in my hand, it ended up being like a total of four mountains and two good creatures. I discarded two creatures that I needed <laughs> and a mountain, and I just was stuck with more mountains. And I was just like, this is not how this is supposed to work. All right, let's keep it going. All right, gents, I'm coming in hot with the best land we've mentioned today. It's called Safe Haven. Taps for no mana. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> On board already. It's a land. It says, tap two colorless and safe haven. Remove target creature you control from the game. Okay. At the beginning of your upkeep, you sacrifice safe haven. If you do, return each card removed from the game with safe haven to play under its owner's control. I'm on board. So you could do some flicker stuff. You could do some protection stuff. Yeah. This is a wasted land. Never going to tap for mana. 
But I'm not using it for mana. <laughs> no, but it always seems to be one of those too little, too late type of things where people can target your creatures and you remove them. For, you remove your own creatures for them. Um, there certainly is a way to build to make this effective, but if for some reason someone's able to strip mine you or get rid of your land with all those motherfuckers exiled, you just lose them. <laughs> and you never tapped them for mana. You never did anything with it. <laughs> I do think that having this like as a land is both like major drawback because you are playing your land for turn. And if yeah, it's not something wasting. that gives you mana. <laughs> but at the same time, like this this is a massively powerful effect. To yeah, be able to like just the, like the bank up cold storage. Yeah. To like bank up all of your, you know, good creatures with ATBs and then just like bring them all in at once to just like, especially if you have like a haste enable or something like that. It's just like all of a sudden you turn the tide, just magic. Literally. <laughs> Literally, Literally play magic. <laughs> yeah. One of the rules texts is says, if changed to another land type, the creature cards are not lost but can't be released until the land reverts to normal. What? <laughs> They're trapped in the card. <laughs> That's fucking insane. <laughs> just like all lands are swamps? Yeah, it's just... It's so weird. I dig I just it. like the fact that it says they can't be released. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those cards where the ceiling has this very narrow point that goes very high, but most of the building we're in is very low. <laughs> the floor, it's a, literally just a shit pile. Speaking of old school shit. Uh-oh. I've got another oh, banger no. that I you, just love playing. Oh, this is a, a red staple. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it is... Jockalops. Hocklops. Yokel hops. Yokel hops. What the fuck? I've never <laughs> heard anybody call it. Yokel hops? That's like the no. correct pronunciation. I always yeah. heard people either say jockalops or hocklops. Hicklips. <laughs> but it's uh, four red, red for sorcery. Destroy all artifacts, creatures, and lands. They can't be regenerated. Uh, everything dies. Everything's baby. blown up except. Enchantments can't do anything with those. Drew loves this card. Yeah, let's <laughs> I play more of this. No it, one likes this card. <laughs> like it's one of the cards that Corey's played. Like in our in our play group. As soon as I found it, I put yeah. it in every deck I could. Yeah. But like no, it's one dude, of those cards because you got that enchantment that you cast free enchantments every turn. You don't even need to cast. Spells. Yeah, right. <laughs> give me give me that epic. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those cards where I'm just like, fuck you for playing this card, and then I'm just like, eh, it only affects like ninety percent of my shit. Like I'm the only person with stuff left. Yeah, this is usually the the Hail Mary, which I where I can't win and I'm gonna lose. <laughs> so let's reset everything. But at the same time, it's another one of those cards where everyone hates you yeah. and is miserable after it. The the problem with this card is that it doesn't win you the game. No. It just makes the game twice as fucking long. <laughs> I disagree. Oh my gosh. This is a card that absolutely can win you the game so long as you have Boros Charm. <laughs> Or, or Teferi's Protection. Yeah, yeah, or some indestructible yeah, stuff. TP. Yeah. TP, OP. But even still, it's just one of those ones that people don't like. No. It doesn't necessarily win you. No one makes games go long. It's especially worse when people play it on turn six. Yeah. And where you everyone's still building the boards, doing some awesome stuff, and then it's like, no. Although, we're, we're going back to the Stone Ages. <laughs> to be fair, I much rather that significantly more than like later game like as you're saying like just like well i can't win but i sure as hell don't want to lose so <laughs> i'm just doing this uh because like on turn six you know you only spend like 15 20 minutes everybody's just kind of like slow progressing their game state and we gotta gotta do something there uh and it's like eh, 
all right, I guess, you know, that's 15, 20 minutes wasted rather than like Gary and saying like, I had like an hour or two hours into a game and they're just like, back to square one. This next one, literally. It's just nothing. Nothing. All right, so one with nothing is for one black mana. Powerful. Just single instant swamp. And instant speed. Discard your hand. Whoa. Damn, son. Banger alert. So I like the art. He's got a little like... Uh, balls of yarn? No, uh, volleyballs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just hanging around. He's so, very concerned. The reason why this isn't my number one is because this is not the card that like I think of when I think of like... Okay, it's card I think of when I think of bad cards, but it's not the card I think of like, this card has fucked me over, and that's yeah. why it's a bad card. You know, like when I think of the best worst cards... It's like good cards that just like for whatever reason, one way or another, end poorly for me. This is a card that I'm like, yes, I played this for a very specific reason in a very specific deck to make that strategy work. And it, it kind of did. And so discarding your hand seems like the worst thing you could do. But for one mana, like it means who you needs have, cards? Yeah. Like if you play the say on turn three or turn four, which was the ideal setup. Uh, you have three uh, three mana left, and you're thinking, well, you just discarded your hand. Why are you, you know, stoked about that? Well, there's this mechanic called Madness, and if you discard cards with Madness, you can cast them for an alternative cost. They're Madness cost, and that was the whole point of the deck, was just playing mono black Madness to try and just get as much value as I could off of discarding. And if you can get one with nothing and discard, like, three cards that you can play for one mana each, all of a sudden you're just flooding this board with a discounted rate, and then you start to accrue an advantage, especially if cards care about you not having cards in hand. Yeah, I think this is one of those cards that you immediately are like, this guard is the worst. I never want to play it, but like Drew's doing, like the build around's can be so good. Yeah, and I think that this is one of the cards that like has helped frame me as a Magic player in that I see a card and I see that it's obviously like terrible. <laughs> like this is a bad effect in like 99% of circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> But if you can play around it, it makes you a significantly better magic player because you're able to think creatively and you're able to think about, like, how can I make this card that was, it, like, I swear that somebody at Watsy was like, bet you won't. And they're like, <laughs> watch me. Bet. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. And, like, it, it's a card that you have to have play around. And all of a sudden, you know, like, you think of the most recent set here. We've got Theros, where we have cards that want to be in your graveyard, that care about other cards in your graveyard, with the escape mechanic, right? And, like, imagine this on turn one. You have seven cards. You throw away four cards in addition to the, the the card that you want to throw away. And then next turn, you play another land, and all of a sudden you're escaping with a giant 6-6 six, six on turn two. Could be cool. Could be cool. Never work. No. <laughs> yeah. I think most of the escape costs are too high for that anyways, but... Like the dream but is real. There, I mean, there's, you know, there's like the reanimator decks that want a lot of shit in there. And yeah, that was the, the next stuff place in there that I tried to draw into an animate dead or something like that. But that's but the problem you, is you yeah. have to discard your entire hand so you can't leave <laughs> anything in preparation. You have to hope to the gods that you draw the shit you need. But it's still so metal, dude. Fuck it. Yeah. Put I, that in your deck. Stare your opponent in the face. One with nothing. Yeah. Honestly, turn one, one with nothing. <laughs> it's like I only did it once and it's, it's because I it's I, power move yeah I didn't realize it's a psychological thriller yeah, you're serious <laughs> like what the fuck like, is this guy yeah. doing I no. scoop yeah like <laughs> I, scoop. Uh, I only did it once on uh, MTGO and it was, it was like 
me being like super stoked, like, holy shit, I have the whole setup in my hand. And I was like, swamp, one with nothing. Fuck. <laughs> I was just like, I just, I just discarded everything. Like, no, and no, like, no. And like, too soon. Uh, I didn't like, uh, Past priority, so it looked like I was like still planning on undoing something, and my opponent was just like, it's just R space U space Sirs, and I was just like, like trying to like figure out like how do I respond. I was like, oh yeah, and I just like let it resolve. And the guy just like waited, 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 and like his clock was going down, and it wasn't like three minutes like him trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing or just like telling everyone he knows like, look what this guy did. This guy's an idiot. I I lost that game. So hard. You, you don't say. You did not play that game. <laughs> no, really though. But like, it was one that was just like, fuck. I just like because I was you just get so excited. Yeah, I, I know I a guy did the Gary who thing. did some of those things. You get excited. It's the and thing you you're sacrificing all do. your lands. Like, fuck yeah, let's go. Discard your whole hand. Yeah, it was. Oh man, it was like one of the highlights of of my magic career so far. <laughs> And it's like the dumbest That's thing I've done. The highlight. I mean, it's different than the highlight, real. Like, can you imagine that? It's like going through all of the things you've done. I wish like, you'd recorded super, it. Super like cool shit. And then it's just like, and then he turned one, one with nothing. <laughs> like, nice, nice. Like, Wait, imagine if I had like uh, basking root wall or something like that. And just like four of those in your hand. You won with nothing. All of a sudden, you have four one ones that you're beating down with. That's not bad. That's a clock. You got to draw four root walls oh, yeah, in your you opening <laughs> hand and a swamp and a one with nothing. I like your style. I mean, this it, next is if we're if we're dreaming, we're gonna dream big. Yeah, this next card is very similar in that it's just a mind fuck, uh, absolutely worthless. Card. <laughs> this card is so mud dumb. hole. <laughs> oh, dude, mud hole's dope. Two and a red for an instant. Target player removes all land cards in his or her graveyard from the game. No one cares. It's just one of those ones where you play. I mean, I'm sure there was a reason. There was something that was going on that people liked. But it's one of those ones you <laughs> play on someone and they just wonder, why? Why? What are you doing? It's not even a creature that has this on him. It's just an instant. Yeah, there's, there's a creature. Disappears. Like on the on the artwork. And the artwork, I do actually really like the artwork. The art is like, cool. He kind of looks like a dwarven gray merchant of Asphodel. You know what I mean? Like He's just, just a, creeping, creeping around. Creeping around. I, that's why I like I'm, this card because yeah, it's just like you look at it and go, I, I have no idea what is happening. Yeah. Such All right, Corey. We've talked about him before. We'll talk about him again, I'm sure. Figured this guy would make the list. So, so I, cute. I almost put him as number one, but Probably my number sure. one's a banger. But this guy is also one of my favorite magic cards of all time. It's Norn the Wary, red mana for a 2-1 legendary creature human warrior. Shit. When a player plays a spell or a creature attacks, remove Norn the Wary from the game. Return it to play under its owner's control at end of turn. So you play a 2-1 for one. Nice, 2-1. And then it can't attack, can't block. Technically, it can attack. It can attack. It will never do damage. <laughs> it will always remove itself. What are you talking about? It comes back in with Perforos. That's damage. It will never do damage on its own. But like we were saying, a lot of these cards, there's some janky weird build arounds you can do. And so this guy's only ETBs, but on his own, he's just, just doesn't do anything. <laughs> he's evasive, <laughs> but it doesn't, highly. it doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't do anything when he comes back. So getting this, rid of him literally is just a waste. <laughs> this card is so flavorful. Though. He's Norin the wary, scared of everything. And his flavor text is, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> The slightest threat. Anything that happens, <laughs> fucking him out. He's, he's gone. Whoa, 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 whoa. That guy has two men in his mana pool. Ah. 
I really like this one. This is, I love so Norrin. And yet he's still labeled as a human warrior. <laughs> he's is he really? Yeah. <laughs> fuck, I didn't know that. Oh, man. I, I mean, fuck. Until like a few weeks ago, I guess like a couple months ago, I thought he was a goblin. You would think. He but acts like one. <laughs> he's like, like I don't, happening? nothing's happening, but I don't like it. But he's doing a lot. <laughs> KJ, what do you have? Uh, my next one, uh, the, my last two both have this kind of like memory, like nostalgia kind of feel to them. Love this guy. Uh, first one is Chain to the Rocks. So for one white mana, you get enchantment or a enchant mountain you control. So not only do you need white mana, but you got to have a mountain as well. Not just a red source. A specific mountain. A mountain. In right. <laughs> and so that can be a dual land, which is great. Uh, and Chain to the Rocks enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until Chain to the Rocks leaves the battlefield. So enchantment destruction is pretty rare. Let's be honest. So this is basically like, you know, Path to Exile or Swords to Plowshares that's sorcery speed and... Doesn't can never be on turn one. I mean, it can. Shocklands, dual lands, anything that gets out there with true. Mountain Island. Oh, sorry, true. Mountain Island. Yeah, you'd have to have a yeah. But realistically, you see it as like, oh, awesome. This is like Swords of Plowshare or Path to Exile, except they don't get a benefit. And then you're like, ah, oh. so I got to be in two colors. Not even like two colors, but I need a mountain specifically. So like, it really costs you like two mana to get this effect, and then. For whatever reason, our playgroup just has this weird necessity and this like inclination to run enchantment destruction, which is just bizarre. I don't understand it at all. It is a weird move in our playgroup. Yeah, uh, it's just nobody plays enchantments. That's nope. why I play red, so I don't. Need, I don't yeah. got to worry about it. Thanks for explaining that to the crowd. <laughs> we really needed that. Red is the worst fucking color. Do you see this card? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like it's so specific, and like it is. This is one of those cards that's just like. Holy fuck. The flavor on this it's so is good. so good. You're but literally just- chained to the rock. The mountain. Yeah. Um, my last card is the newbie to the group. <laughs> and as I was <laughs> reading... Been holding? Yeah, as I've been reading through the Theros spoilers, which at this point when you guys are listening to this have already been not only spoiled, but released. We're playing with these cards. I'm looking through... And the first time I read through them, I was like, all right, we got to get this podcast episode ready to go. I got to look through these cards. I'm looking at stuff. I'm looking at the best stuff. Then I was like, you know what? I got to look through some red stuff because I've got a red pioneer deck. Let's see if anything's fitting. So I really took a look at all the red cards and I came upon this gem of a motherfucker. (laughs) So I feel like red has a disproportionate amount of inclusions on our group here on this list. Here's my theory with this. Red has bad cards, first of all. Red sucks. But also... Red has fun cards that are like, Agreed. you know what? If you're going to suck, at least suck with some style. I think it's just that there's a lot of chaos. Yeah. That is- yeah. Red is more chaos, which is what these like, quote unquote, bad cards. Because obviously there's really bad cards in every color, but those are cards that you we don't like and, playing. Yeah. These are cards that we like playing because they're kind yeah, of fun. Yeah, we're, we're having, exactly. Yeah. And we'll see that with my number one. So I'll let Garyon continue. And if we just have like three number one reds. It is what it is. Oh, mine's a red card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, Buckle this one, in obviously, I've never played with it yet, but it just is so 
flavorful, and stupid. It's Flummoxed Cyclops. Oh, I hate this card already. Three and <laughs> a red so bad. for a 4-4 four, four creature Cyclops with reach. But whenever two or more creatures your opponents control attack, Flummoxed Cyclops can't block this combat. <laughs> like, don't make me pay four mana for, for a 4-4. Four, four. With reach. With a downside. Like, reach is a defensive ability. Yeah. And um, might never use it. <laughs> yeah, like, you oh, talk I talk about those two flyers. One ones. Yeah. Well, well a few little cyclops. Bye. But it's 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 so good because the a cyclops thinks slowly but strikes quickly. Try to keep it thinking, <laughs> uh, and it's just so good because it's just like the big dumb giant. You just confuse him, and I love it. I, I think the fact that they got to use the word flummoxed. <laughs> Is also yeah. a huge win. <laughs> you know that someone in like the naming department just like, yo, yeah, this card. I remember when it was spoiled, and I was just like reading it, and I, I read it like several times just because like I read there's, that right? there's no way that this card is that. They're printing bad. that in 2020 right now. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, seriously, this fucking power creep going on, and it's Not like anymore. Yeah, it's like, how about we print a card that's just objectively bad? Hey, you know what? It attacks real good. He's one of those guys that I feel like you put in there just for the laughs, just for the gigs with your friends, and I like it. You know what? This is primo curve filler. All right, Corey, I feel <laughs> like you got player. one that's it's going to be a little bit like you know more entertaining than mine is. So okay. let me throw on mine. <laughs> My God, what the fuck? It's it's one. <laughs> okay, you're right. This beats Norin. It's one that you know and love. Uh, it's one. That our good buddy Michael knows and loves. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, it's one that I have played many, many times and uh, have really, uh, not really reaped the benefits so much as just like gotten real fucked over by it. This is Dictate of the Twin Gods. Hell yeah. So for three red red, it's an enchantment. It's got flash, which is very important. The only good thing about this card. <laughs> uh, I disagree. Everything about it is <laughs> awesome. If a source would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage to that permanent or player instead. Got some flavor cool. text on here. Eroas and Mogus are as different in appearance as they are in personality. And I feel like that very well describes the people who play this card. <laughs> because you have the people who are just like, chaos reigns. And the people who are just like, I'm going to put this in at the perfect time. Instead of taking eight damage, they take 16. They just die. And like, you're calculating, and then it all blows up in your face. <laughs> Every you time. Say, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, so I have many, many, many stories of this card because I used to play it in my turn and burn deck, which basically was just like blue value and then as many red burn spells as I possibly could fit in it. And of course, it was based around the turn and burn, the card... And so that was like one of the things that I was like, man, if I could get this card to work, it would be great. I could double the burn. And so oh. all of a sudden, like you just start to, you know, really just spit it out and just do some massive damage. Gutter snipe hitting for four. Like that that adds up so fast that everybody just dies. But everybody also includes you. Yeah. And so it's like if you don't kill basically everyone you're playing against as soon as you play this card. You realize very quickly that this is that symmetrical effects are fair, <laughs> and that they will come back to bite you in the ass. And as soon as you like realize that your life total equals double the amount of power that your opponents have, you start to learn that math very quickly the next time. And 
uh, we have a, a decent story uh, with our buddy Michael, who had this double damage deck, and I think we've told this story before. I, I think so. But it's it's still just like a classic. <laughs> it is and, the most Michael. Yeah. And so he had he had this card out, and everyone was like super scared. Like it was like intense. It was like everyone was just like knows they're about to die. And Michael, I don't know if he played what exactly he played, but like I think he played Earthquake or oh, one of those like, like that deals damage or like burn spells that deals damage to everybody, everybody including. Michael. Yeah. And so he did enough damage, not to kill everybody, but to just kill himself. Just like, <laughs> he was one mana yeah. short. And like he could have just Was he like, just trying to kill everybody all at once? Yeah, he was yeah. trying to draw it out and just blow the whole board up. <laughs> and the only person he killed was himself. himself. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was just like <laughs> And he's like, Oh shit. But it was one of those things where like I've been playing it for a while and Michael I I assume that Michael had seen me playing with him. It's just like but what if <laughs> it was just like what if we keep yeah, it up enough? Yeah, what if is correct because this is why. <laughs> Speaking of turning it to eleven, <laughs> or should I say turning it to one? <laughs> my next card is a card that I've always wanted to play with, and I've only gotten to a few times because it's banned or unplayable in everything. It, There's a reason. <laughs> it is World Fire. I think this is like the epitome of best worst card. <laughs> yeah so it is six red 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 nine mana for a sorcery exile all permanents exile all cards from all hands and graveyards each player's life total becomes one that's it <laughs> that's it that's we're starting fresh but only at one <laughs> only so whoever draws the first thing whoever let's go so i had like a weird uh combo janky modern deck with this where you just ramp a bunch with like seething song and rituals and stuff but you um you i think oblivion ringed your own fanatic of mogus so when that gets exiled the mogus comes back and then it deals one damage to each player or each opponent <laughs> so it kills them but obviously that's, that's like a, a, hell of a setup there <laughs> that's like a, a 17 mana <laughs> combo <laughs> But if you pull that off, you are the god for exactly. that. Yeah, that I, I never got to pull that combo off because no one likes World Fire, turns out. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was obviously a bit of an off-the-cuff episode. We obviously wrote down our top 10, but nobody knew what everybody's top 10 was, so it was a little spur of the moment. But I think it was fun, and just it's cool to talk about some of the things that interest us other than power. You know what I mean? Sometimes we talk about cards and go, yeah, this is a really good card. That's why I like it. But these are just obviously close and dear to our hearts because they're funny and weird and, and bad. Suck. <laughs> yeah, when you are intentionally playing less than ideal cards. Or cards that hurt you. <laughs> there's a reason. It's out of love for the game. So obviously this is a good time for us to ask you guys, send in your <laughs> shitty cards. We want all the funniest, all the worst cards that you've played with and tell us why you like if it. you've gotten off any weird jank harmful offering one with nothing plays let us know if you ever got world fired let us know if you ever heard of jockalops <laughs> let me know specifically if you've ever heard it pronounced correctly <laughs> let me know no but for real though uh this episode was kind of spur of the moment it was just like fun and it was Kind of us allowing ourselves to not take not take ourselves so seriously. Like there's a lot of thought and uh, like brainstorming that goes into episodes. And a lot of it is me trying to make sure that our episodes are going to go smoothly and going to flow really well. And sometimes 
that's not super interesting. And I understand that. And so when Gary had the idea to make this episode, it was something that's just like, yeah, we can definitely talk about that and definitely just make this a more casual, fun episode. And like, I feel like that that's something that we need to do more often. And so we're going to, we're going to try to be, uh, I guess I'm going to try and pull the stick out of my ass and try and uh, enjoy, you know, hang out and drink beers. And hopefully you guys are able to enjoy this sort of episode as well. Obviously, we do not condone drinking and driving. We do not condone underage drinking. But we but do condone world firing your uh, play group. I definitely, yeah, I definitely <laughs> thought you were going to We do condone you sharing the beers that you're drinking. We also in condone legal that legal well. formats. Yes, in legal. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this has been a fun episode. It's been a weird episode. That's what happens when you get us like late night and just like, hey, what happens if we also just record an episode at like, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And talk about dumb shit. <laughs> uh, so send in your dumb shit to us. We are at UUD podcast and untap upkeep drink on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. We take messages. We take comments. We love talking to the, this is, <laughs> this is one of the more fun episodes we've had. We're stoked to be able to release some of this content. We got some more fun stuff in the works. We've got some more serious stuff in the works. Gross. We're hoping to plan this. Plan this out. 2020 is going to be a big year, not only for, you know, magic as a whole, but for players and content creators. So there's And especially EDH players. And and commander players, baby, which we are in fact. So definitely hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. If you've got beer recommendations, we're always looking for more beer recommendations. And as we like to say on this podcast, have fun, but don't take yourself too seriously. This fucking thing song is a banger.